welcome to another episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now I have one hell of an episode for you guys today. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Jordan, welcome back to the Wire to Wire podcast. Thanks for having me, man. It's always good to be a guest on this podcast. At this point, I don't even consider you a guest. You're just like a regular. I would say you're just like a regular uh, co-host at this point, I would say. <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm like Cousin Saul to uh, Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah, like, you're practically a co-host at this point, man. <laughs> But um, since the last episode that we did, in my perspective, it seems like a lot has happened. So the NBA Finals concluded. Yeah, you were uh, correct with your uh, selection. Yeah, I said. I should have put it into a sports book. I should have bet that. Put 100 on that. (laughs) It's okay. You know, it's it's part of the game. We live and learn. But yeah, I had Warriors in six and then you chose Boston in seven. Yeah. So... How do you, now that you saw the way the finals unfolded and everything, mm-hmm. like what was your analysis on the finals? Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Boston lacked a superstar, right? They went into the finals as a team, a great team uh, with great supporting players. Uh, their bench has stepped up in previous series, whether it was the Miami series or what it was the Milwaukee series. We saw players like, uh, Grant Williams step up, hit eight threes uh, in that Milwaukee series. Or we would see Derek White step up in the Miami series uh, or uh, Peyton Pritchard or just off the bench. They really got to the finals on team effort. Uh, but when you get to the finals, that, that superstar is, is what really sets you apart, right? Uh, and we saw Steph Curry um, being the only superstar on the floor. It was um, very noticeable right to see that the difference in what will get you that championship and what won't and we saw tatum that we thought would was emerging to a superstar he's not at that point yet right uh he has a lot to learn it will be a great experience he's what 24 right now so uh, getting to the finals having a taste of that experience so young maybe it'll be very interesting to see how next season goes for him and what he's able to do for his team and it won't be easy for them, right? Warriors had to, I feel they had to win this championship because they went through a lot of adversity the last couple of years and they finally got back. And they're seen as a dynasty and they needed to win this championship to stamp that um, remark in history as, as, as to be looked at as a dynasty team. And that's what they did, right? The superstar showed out, and Steph Curry getting his finals MVP, solidifying himself as a top 10 uh, player, in my opinion, of all time. So there, there you have it, right? Celtics, great effort. It's just they were missing a superstar. The fact that they lost, I never held it against them. Mm. You know, a lot of people were expecting the Celtics to win. And for me, I just didn't see the Warriors losing. Like, I can't blame people for picking the Celtics to win, but at the same time, like, just looking at both teams, it just, like, I thought this was the Warriors' year to win it all. And this was also their championship to lose because, you know, like you said, they have the superstar, they're a more well-rounded team, and they have a lot of depth. So, you know, and all of that, I think, showed. Yeah, you shout know, out that, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> you know, he won that championship well-deserved, you know yeah. what I mean? 
Shout out to him for real. Like, and yeah, they got the job done. They did what they were supposed to do. Like, do I think the Warriors should be celebrated for winning it? No, they did what I thought they were supposed to do. And this is one of those things that you did it. Okay, great. But if you lost, it would have looked really bad. You know what I mean? Well, I did give Steph a lot of credit because it's not like he's the reason they won, of course, right? Which is not like a hot take. He acted like he's been there before. He wasn't phased being down 2 1. He wasn't phased by the runs or getting blown out. And once he got into that mode, and I know he had one down game in game five, I believe. But again, like, you know, that experience showed out. And then when he had the opportunity to close out, he closed out the series, put them to bed. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, back in 2015, they were down 2 1 to the Cavs, and they still managed to win that series in six. Mm-hmm. So they do have a history of being able to do that, right? So, yeah, in these, in these moments, experience is everything. So the fact that they have their championship core with all that experience, like it was, it really benefited them. And, yeah, you know, he deserved finals MVP as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that also, you know, all that talk about, you know, he doesn't show up in the big moments. I yeah. think he can, that can be put to bed. Although, you know, Skip Bayless starting to hate on him. But, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> That's just what he does at this point. But yeah, no, it was a it was, it was a great series, you know. And I think um, this off season will be pretty interesting too. Yeah. So. so where do you think this puts the state of the Golden State Warriors uh, looking into them next season? Honestly, I don't. As as the league is currently constructed right now, mm-hmm. I can't see why they can't win another championship if the league remains the same as it cur- as it was this season. Yeah. Right, I don't see why they can't win another another championship next year and do the repeat. Like I think, you know, the injuries that they had the past couple of years, I think, were actually a blessing in disguise for them because yeah. now they're fully healthy and like ready to go. Right? Yeah, it gave them a, a rest. Well, even though they didn't plan it, right? It gave them a, a much needed rest that like LeBron would never have because he was always making those runs to the finals and you do whatever it takes, whether it's someone gets injured, but he's making that uh, mid-season move and then he's getting into the finals. And then he had to do that 10 years straight. And of course, it's going to catch up to him. The Warriors, on the other hand, like it was just so authentic. You have Draymond's injuries, you have Steph's injuries, and then you need to get better. Like uh, Jordan Poole got the opportunity to Four minutes, Kevon Looney, same thing, right? So again, the break is always needed, and I felt like, like you said, as much they benefited from it a lot because they came back and they're at full strength, and then they have that swagger back, right? As you can see from the parade, they're talking all that, shit and they deserve to. Yeah, and like another thing too, and I kind of touched on this in the last one, but the thing that they're doing very well is they're rebuilding while in win-now mode. So it's like, if you look at their bench, like they have guys that barely played that could be huge contributors moving uh, contributors moving forward, right? So they've really set themselves up for the future. Like if they can get more production out of Jameis Winston, uh, Winston, like Jameis Winston, that will only benefit them. Wiseman, right? Wiseman. Wiseman, sorry. Yeah. But I think about the, the my, quarterback. My, Saint, my Saints quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, they can get more production out of Wiseman. Then, yeah. yeah, you know, like that's only that only benefits them. You still have Wiggins there, who is entering his prime, right? Yeah. So they have. Well, they'll have a decision to make, right? They're either gonna have to go with Looney because he's probably get some offers 
elsewhere, or they're gonna have to trust that uh, Wiseman could be that replacement for for Looney because Looney has his three championships, right? So he could, should get his bag now. So if he's able to get a bag elsewhere, I I, I doubt he stays, but who knows, right? You just charge that to the game, mm-hmm. but you know, with Wiseman like being in that environment and seeing that, you know. He, he could be able, like, he'd be able to pick up that torch. You know what I mean? So I think he has the talent to do it, right? And I think he's in a, like, proper environment where he'll be, like, empowered to do it. So honestly, like, I can see the Warriors winning another one to two championships within the next few years. Like, the yeah. only thing that the only thing that I see holding that team back, to be honest, is just salary. It's just the salary cap and the money aspect. Yeah, but they're going to spend that money, you know? You can see it. They're gonna they're, they're gonna spend to, you know they're like the Rams right now they're gonna spend and do what it takes just to make sure that they're contending for that ring. And you know hey like if they're winning it's working exactly. Right? Now speaking of spending the Lakers do you think they're gonna get you think the Lakers are gonna end up getting Kyrie Irving? Well this he... this is a great question because this is what our a question I had prepared for you. Uh, as we see I'm not sure those that are into betting and stuff like that. But betting, of course, is a huge trend in today in sports. So uh, Lakers have now uh, – Lakers now have the best odds to win the championship next season. Uh, Again, it's due to the mirror that Kyrie and the rumors of him – Lakers being significant favorites to land Kyrie Irving – so the return of LeBron and Kyrie, Batman and Robin, seems like it's almost going to be a thing next season. What are your thoughts on that return of that duo, right? They did have a little beef and they didn't end on the best terms at the time when Kyrie left to Boston. But of course, that's been some time now and I'm sure they rekindled their relationship. And maybe it is uh, to run back to LeBron the only player he seems to have success with. Okay, so there's a lot of layers to how I want to answer this. So I don't like the move. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like it. Okay. Right. And why is that? So I said there's many layers to it. Mm-hmm. So when Kyrie left Cleveland, he had uh, he had a, he had his laundry list of reasons, right? Yeah. He wanted to be a guy on the team. You know, he felt like Cleveland wasn't, a great environment for his growth and his development as a basketball player, right? Right. So the I, the thinking back then was that he couldn't get along with LeBron and he couldn't handle playing with LeBron. So now you're going to go back to the guy that you wanted to leave just five years ago, right? So that's one aspect of it. It's kind of like it's tough. You, you lose credibility when stuff like that happens, right? Of course. And then number two, it's like, you and Katie decided that you guys are going to go to Brooklyn together. Right. And, you know, you guys were never really healthy to play together at the same time. And there was a lot of stuff that was going on that kept him off the court. We're not going to get into all that. Yeah. Now you guys actually have a chance to take the court together and have a full season to do work. And it's like, you're going to, you're going to abandon ship before you really get that chance. So I think it kind of hindered. So, I mean, Katie is his own man. He's a grown man. He can make his own choices. But it's like you didn't even really get to fully stick it out with Katie yeah. to see what you guys can do. And you're already abandoning on that experiment, right? Yes. He's very wishy-washy, man. It depends on the day. 
you know? And and that's the thing. And like and now this brings me to the third point. Like now when I look at the NBA landscape, it's actually balanced. You have two great players and then a bunch of role players. So Boston, yeah. you have Tatum, you have Brown. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, you have Giannis, you have Middleton. Mm-hmm. Golden State, you have Curry, you have Clay, and then they have their pieces around them, right? Yeah. Katie, Kyrie, you know, Philly, you have Harden and Bead. Like, so the league finally has that parity. Yeah. So I don't like the idea of Kyrie going there, taking a pay cut, and now you're forming a big three. Yeah. I, I think that big the three. The LeBron era, way, man. The LeBron way. And, you know, I think, <laughs> and I think this shows that, you know, LeBron is getting older because he's coming no. from a different era where they had that big three. So in his mind, that's the only way to win championships. But now there is a new era. You and AD, that's your two guys right there. Right. Just go out there, get it done. Beat the other beat the other teams with the other two guys that they have. No one's doing big threes anymore. So you don't need to do a big three in an era that no longer has big three. So well, I just debatable. Don't... That's quite debatable. I, I you can say that Drew Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis is a big three. Do you see when those... they won the, when they won the championship? But were they of the caliber? of a LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie? No, of course not. But when LeBron won his title with the Lakers, it was him, AD, and that's it. Those were the two main guys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then before that, it was who won? It was before that, it was 2019. It was Raptors. It was Kawhi and Kyle Lowry. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. So we are, yeah, we're off the big three era, but LeBron, he operates. He's gonna formulate a big three, and he tried to do it previously that didn't work. Whereas Russell Westbrook, that was a big three. To me, it's just like he's showing his age at this point, because like. But this is his way of winning, and because he comes from that era, that's what I'm saying. That era is gone, so it's like adapt. Like Westbrook, you're, it's something you're gonna have to live with, right? At this point, because they seem like they're they seem like they're down for him. Mm-hmm. Right, not that they don't have a choice. I mean, that's a whole lot of money to be paying a guy, <laughs> so no yeah. one wants that contract. But it's like you know, we're we're moving past that big three era, so it's like you're gonna bring a new big three into a league that doesn't have any, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it's gonna work. To I be think honest. I think it would work. I think they would be the best team in the West, hands down. But they have enough to be the best team in the West right now. It's just no, they, they don't stay. They no, just they they couldn't not. stay healthy. They do not have the best. The, they do not have the best team in the West with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and bums. They do not. Don't lie to yourself right now. Take Westbrook off the team. Like if they trade him for some pieces, like okay, let's just say you trade him for like a Gordon Hay, like a Gordon Hayward, okay, and then some picks or whatever. That's a solid. That's a solid foundation. Right. And you're LeBron. Guys should want to come join you. Guys should want to uh, come Yeah, well, the West is, is, is getting – it's going to be a tough uh, conference next year. We have Denver that is coming back to full strength. We have the Clippers that will be back in full strength as well. We have a Memphis, a young team that's going to be one year older this year. Um, the Warriors are back. The Suns have problems, but I don't know about the Suns, to be honest. But it will be a more difficult conference. For sure. Well, the top half, I'll say, because we have Utah and the Suns that are quite questionable. But again, we have at least four teams that could cause some trouble. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to see what happens come July, but the future of the Lakers is just looking like a mess. And honestly, how do we know if it's not, you know, certain people who are planting these Kyrie stories to make, to, you know, maybe put the pressure on Brooklyn to re-sign Kyrie? True. Right? True. Well, Brooklyn has another, I don't know. Brooklyn and Lakers are both in a very weird situation themselves. Very. And it's funny because they were the two teams that were favorite that they yeah. were, that were the favorites to meet in the finals and they are both in jeopardy right now. Yeah, that's that that's a that's a very good word to use. You have you have Ben Simmons question mark. You have Kyrie both nuts don't want to have him long term, but they don't mind running it back. But he needs a long term deal or something whatever Kyrie wants, who knows? No one will ever know that question. So, again, who knows what happens in Brooklyn? We have Katie that's just tweeting, doing whatever he wants, how locked in he is, but or if he's on to other, other ventures. But, again, all I know is if that trade does happen and Kyrie lands on the Lakers, the Lakers will be in the finals, probably. We're going to get... Lakers, Warriors, Conference Finals, and that will be a show. Um, but LeBron is definitely – he's not going to miss out again. And to be honest, bro, even with – if you have a big three of LeBron, AD, and Kyrie, I still don't fully know or I'm not fully convinced that they can beat the Warriors, to be honest, because I remember that 2017 Finals very well, and they had Kyrie, they had Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were a year removed from that championship. Yeah. And they had a lot of depth. Like, they had Darren Williams. They had Derek Williams. They had a bunch of yeah, pieces, Yeah, guys, right? yeah. And they got blitzkrieged off that court. Like, they lost in five games, right? And I think they lost by an average margin of, like, 20 points per game or something. Like, it was, like, it was bad. Like, the one game that they won, I think they had to have an historic game. Come back. Where they, not even a comeback. I think they had to have an historic game where they hit a record number of threes. Oh, yeah. And it's like, just the fact that it took them that much to win that one game. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't see how they're going to beat the Warriors as presently constructed, right? Because, like, someone is going to have to sacrifice their game. Maybe mm-hmm. LeBron will. I don't see that happening. But Anthony Davis, what, he's going to turn into a Kevin Love? Like, how do you fit these three guys together, right? Yeah, we'll see. They definitely need a lot of work. Uh, it'll be an interesting offseason. It's very early. There's been a few trades so far. I've seen Jerry and Grant went to Portland, so Dame has a little bit of help. It seems like Portland has taken on like a Raptors formula. Uh, I've seen that they're also interested in getting OG and Nobi, uh, trading a, a first-round pick for him. So, And they have Norm, OG, Grant, which is like a Siakam type, and then you have Dame, you know, who knows. But, again, it's it's a long off season. A lot's going to happen. Who knows what happens. There's a lot of moving pieces. We have the draft coming up tomorrow. Um, it'll be an interesting off offseason. Uh, again, Warriors, I do like them as a favorite um, so far going into next season. Uh, I also like the Bucks again uh, going into next season as well, but it's always interesting, man. It's uh, we gotta wait some time for this NBA season to get back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
And yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, once July is around the corner, we'll see how things play out. But if I'm Brooklyn, you know, I'm going to hold on to Kyrie and Katie at least one more year and see what you can make happen. But that's that's a lot of yeah, interesting I, personalities in one locker room. So yeah, we'll but see. We, <laughs> we'll we, see. we definitely need to see what this Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Katie thing looks like because they trade. They made that trade for a reason. It doesn't make sense to never get to see that happen on paper, you know? It's just like, okay. So it's just Katie and Ben Simmons. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Agreed. But um, yeah, we can uh, switch gears a little bit. So, you know, Drake out of nowhere announced that he was dropping a new album. And there was a lot of anticipation, of course, as there always is with Drake albums. So uh, let's pause it there. So what were your initial thoughts seeing the post that <laughs> he is dropping an album and then you see the the cover art? Walk me down your initial thoughts. Okay, so I'll be very, very honest with you, right? Mm-hmm. And I have friends that can... Disclaimer, he might be a, a Drake hater. But let's... No, 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 I'm not a Drake hater. Okay, I promise go, you, I'm go. not a Drake hater. I, like, I, know people, <laughs> I know people in his camp. Yeah. I remember in uh, May 2019 when he was starting his residency in Vegas. Yeah. Me and a friend of mine, we got invited out to his show. Right. And they show, and we were showing a lot of love. So yeah. disclaimer: I'm not a Drake hater. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Like I was saying, so disclaimer: I'm not a Drake hater, right? So when I saw the cover, mm-hmm. I was I was excited when I saw the okay. cover. Okay, Drake's dropping, right? And I was like, okay, the next day I'm going on a road trip. Okay, this is gonna be nice, right? Mm-hmm. I have because the last time I was going on a road trip, actually, he dropped CLB the day before. So I'm like, yo, every time I'm going on a road trip, Drake always comes through. Comes through. So yeah. he's giving me the soundtrack. So I was reading through the comments and you know, I see all these verified accounts putting fires, yo, let's <laughs> get it, it's time, right? Yeah. And then I saw one that said house album. Someone, mm. I think it was a DJ or something, they commented something about, yo, the best house album. Ah. And then he liked that comment. It showed this, champagne pop, this, he liked it. This this is why I don't I don't read comments. <laughs> yeah. So I looked at it and then I went back to the picture and I looked and I said, you know what? The color scheme, mm-hmm. the font and the way it was written, it yeah. kind of reminded me of the Don FM branding, the Weekends album. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so I was like, so I was wondering, I'm like, okay, you know, is this going to be like his version of Don FM? Like, is the Weekend going to be on this album? And I'm excited to see, okay, who who's going to be on it? Who's going to be producing it, right? Yeah. Then, okay, finally it dropped midnight. I'm listening to it. I listen to the intro, and then I see how the intro transitions into the next track. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, that's very Weekend-esque. Yeah. Right? And then I noticed that there was no features, but I kept listening through. And at first listen, I was a little bit, I was, I was disappointed in it. Mm-hmm. Not even the fact that he did house music. I don't care about that. It's just the fact that to me, it didn't, it wasn't the greatest thing I've heard. Right. Right. To me, it kind of just seemed like, hey, I'm Drake. I can do what do he whatever. does. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, so I didn't like it. Then I kind of went back and then I gave it another listen. And mm-hmm. then there's certain songs that, that grew on grew. you. Yeah. But the album as a whole, it didn't grow on me. Yeah. And then, so my theory going into it was that this was weekend inspired. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm looking at the logo, I'm looking at the font, I'm looking at the color schemes. 
the format it's written, all that stuff kind of reminded me of Don FM. Right. And then when I listened to it, I was like, okay, he definitely took cues from The Weeknd. And then Beyonce drops a house song. And then I'm like, okay, this is the second artist now to do house music. After The Weeknd started, has been doing that so, for so the past couple of years So now. Beyonce is following Weeknd too. Yes. And remember, <laughs> okay. remember we had this conversation and I told you like, it was last year I said, you know, Take My Breath is a song of the year. And I'm like, you know, a lot of artists copy his style. Yeah. And then you said, which artist? And I said, Bryson Tiller. And mm-hmm. then I also said, Party Next Door. Mm-hmm. I'm going to expand that list. I'm going to say Drake. Mm-hmm. Beyonce. And I'm going to say Beyonce too. Because The Weeknd ushered in the dark R&B era. You sound and nuts. Now, <laughs> and then now he's taking us out into this EDM, electric 80s house sound. That mm-hmm. he's really fused with the R&B, with R&B. So I'm going to say that to me, this album overall, I'll give it a six and a half out of 10. Mm-hmm. It has potential. You know, I think he's going in a good direction, but I can definitely see the weekend influence. What are your okay. thoughts? Okay. So my initial thoughts, uh, as I seen that he was going to drop an album at midnight, surprise drop uh, on Friday night. Um and I saw the cover art. The cover art did throw me off a bit. Yeah, I didn't have an understanding of where he was going with it. Of course, I was kind of in left field with this one. But, uh, initially, I thought we were just going to get some Lucy's. Like, I know uh, along the pandemic, he had a bunch of leaked tracks that he had lying around here and there, different hard drives that got leaked here and there. And there were still a few that weren't on CLB. I know a few went on CLB and a few didn't make the cut for CLB. So again, I thought it was going to be a mix of some of those tracks, like Vital or some other tracks out there that we've probably heard about or got access to through a leak or whatever. So I thought it would be a combination of that. You know, it's the summertime. So he has to put out something. Uh, He sees that, Beyonce's dropping in July, so let me get something out the way. Also, Kendrick Lamar just dropped. Let me just drop something and surpass him in numbers. Uh, and again, he needs to play. It's been a while. CLB didn't do the best, so like, of course, Drake's still gonna be involved. Or you know, he's not just out here just gambling and betting on sports and not doing nothing, right? So, my initial thoughts was this could be some old shit similar to like a demos tape that he dropped like last or a few summers ago, like the demo uh, dark lanes demo tape. So just some Lucy's that he's going to put out, you know, something to just, you know, enjoy. But then of course I, I was tapped into the radio show uh, table for one. Uh, that's where I listened to the album exciting from the radio going into um, the album. Uh, and I, I heard, passion through and i heard the chopped and true the chopped and screwed tracks that he was playing and then i was like oh so he might be heading in a different direction and then again as you hear the intro into uh the next song so the second track uh falling back on me uh that's when i realized he was giving us again i then i also saw dance was the genre uh, of the album, and I saw that he was going in a different direction with this one. 
So my initial thoughts of it, of course, I enjoyed it because I am a Drake fan and I enjoy his his music and his style and his art uh, and his creativity and his way about making music. So I did enjoy it as a, a fan of his music. Uh, and I know that his ability to get into the house or dance genre is something that he can do very easily. Like I feel like he probably he said he worked on it in seven months. I feel like a lot of that was just the engineering. I feel like he went in the booth and he knocked this out in a couple a couple sessions, and it just the rest of it was just tweaking and getting the final uh, edits done. Right? Because he didn't say much with the dance genre. You don't have to say much, but even that being said, he still was able to get his shit off. Uh, with a lot of these songs, right? He did that heartbreak, still talking his shit, still braggadocious, still, you know, talking about that ex, talking about that girl or whatever that he's messing with or talking about his current relationships in his life. He still got a lot of that shit off, so you still got that element of Drake. And then you got a a dance sound. And to speak on The weekend's point, and yes, I'll, you have to still give credit to The weekend. Because Weekend was, again, early on this wave of music. He has been tapped into the house, Swedish mafia, house mafia music. He's been known to understand what legacy music does. And house music is something that lasts forever. House music, dance music is music that can be remixed by these DJs at every Veld Festival, Tomorrowland Festival, et cetera, et cetera. So, of course, you have to credit Weekend in being being noticeable of forecasting that this music that I'm making is going to last forever. DJs are going to remix it. DJs are going to just sample it, et cetera, et cetera. And the Weekend was... Again, I can't take that away from your point in saying that Weekend has been one to set this trend with the Starboy, with that elevated music, with that Miami, Vegas, Europe style music that you want to hear in the club, in the elevators, etc. Right? So Weekend definitely was early on the boat. And Drake and Beyonce, knowing... And also, you got to take into account Pride Month, right? It being Pride Month, and you see the colors in the cover art. Why not? Well, I don't know about you, but this has been one of the craziest Pride Months I've seen in my lifetime. Because the support from different companies has been like nothing you've ever seen before. So you you could clearly tell that the Pride dollar is very strong, right? And this community is spending a lot of money in music world. So you have to appeal to that. And you knowing Drake's team and you know how he sets himself up, he I understand where he's going. He's making music that's gonna last. Hip hop, rap music nowadays is so short lived. Right? We get a rap album, we get rap music, hip hop tracks every week, every Friday. And it's you listen to it once or twice, and then you're done with it, right? You're not you. Yep. You might go back to it here and there when you're in the gym, whatever it may be, but it doesn't 
have that same background effect as the dance genre, right? It's true. So this is why Drake, and I understand why he tapped in and why Beyonce is following suit. And this is might be troublesome for the rap and hip hop community because if you have a top five rapper uh, in the game jumping into the house genre, knowing that the longevity of the effects of being in this genre, because now look, he's going to be in this dance genre, all these award shows, he may possibly win some of these awards because he's jumping into a different genre, right? Yeah, and you know, I think the co- like where you're taking it to is such an interesting conversation that I want to have, right? Um, but yeah, like I kind of, like I like I mentioned earlier, um, I didn't knock him for doing a house song. To be honest, like I was actually excited for it because if there's anyone that could pull it off, it's him because he has that versatility. Yeah, where he doesn't need to rap, he could just sing and carry it, th- and he could sing and get it done right. Mm-hmm. And overall, I thought it was a good album. I didn't say like it was trash or anything. I didn't knock it right. Yeah, but the like, general pop is considering it trash, and general pop being because, North America. Yeah, and you know the problem with general population and like why I think artists should just do what they want to do anyways is because here's the thing, right? If Drake made another CLB, another mm-hmm. Take Care, another thing, yeah, they'll criticize it, him and say, yeah. oh, this is repetitive. He talks about the same things over and over. Yeah, He does something different. Oh, this is too different. We want the old Drake back. Like, people will never be happy. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think with Drake, like, and I think he talked about this in an interview with Elliot Wilson, is that, like, a lot of times his albums are long because he's trying to satisfy both crowds, the hip-hop crowd, but then also the people who enjoy him singing. But I will say this, on this album, he did sound like he was actually having fun. Like, you could kind of tell that there was, like, it wasn't, a formula he was following. He was just making music to make music, right? But I just thought there's certain aspects that he could have cleaned up more. And you know what? That will probably come with the experience. Like now that he's doing house music, maybe certain producers will want to work with him. You know, certain like it'll it, mm-hmm. he'll refine he'll refine it, right? Yeah. So it probably it will only get better from here. And you know what? This can add longevity to his career because he's going in a different genre. Exactly. Back to what you're saying about the, you know, hip hop, right? Because I think that's a very good conversation that I want to get into. Is hip hop has been dying, mm-hmm. right? And I think the fact that there's no authenticity or originality anymore. Like everyone looks alike, everyone sounds the same. They're all yeah. working with the same rotation of producers. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, it's saturated. It's done. Like, yeah. I mean, nothing. drill, drill had its. A little moment last year but again that's something that's going to come and go right and, and we're going to see that no more artists are going to be like there's a drill artist but and there's everyone that tried to adapt to the drill sound but now we might see all these hip hop rap artists start to tap into this dance genre because it's the thing that's trending now and here's the thing why I kind of like why I kind of like what's happening is because now you can see who can make music and who can't. Because a lot of these artists, like these hip-hop artists, I've said this to you before. I don't like to say they're trash. I'll say mm-hmm. it's not for me. But many many of them lack talent, right? right. But because they have such good production, it can yeah. save them and make the song somewhat salvageable. 
Now with house music, it's not like that. You actually have to be able to sing and make songs. So a lot of these artists who even try to dabble in it, they're going to sort, like they're going to weed themselves out. Right. So now this is actually a matter of artistry. So that's why if you notice like The Weeknd, Drake, Beyonce, these are arguably what three of the biggest artists right now. Yeah. And they're doing it pretty well. So they're going to, they can have longevity in this, but a lot of these quote unquote artists, they're not going to be able to make that transition as smoothly because they just don't have the talent to match. I agree. I agree. So the Drake and Beyonce being artists, and when I say artists, their ability to create themselves, being unique in their own self, which all these other artists, as you mentioned, are produced, right? So that's going to tell the difference between who are the artists and who are just the, the, the produced clones, Exactly. This is what's going to separate them, I think. I think in hip-hop, right, and what we consider to be hip-hop, that line was so blurred. But now with this genre of music, it won't be as blurred. Because, yeah. like, I've been to, like, I've been to a lot of these raves and a lot of these clubs and parties where, like, this kind of music is played. And vocals matter, right? Yeah. Singing matters. Yeah, <laughs> so, and, and it, it, it shows when you go to these live shows. It definitely shows. And Drake is more than capable of holding his own. And I think that's where this album will get appreciated. When he, If he actually starts touring and performing this music in front of people and he creates that rave experience, I think that's when people will realize, like, yo, you know what? This album actually, was actually a decent album. It was a good album. And I think that's where people will have appreciation for it. Yeah. I think it will it will do very well over the summer as people are out on their boats, uh, just especially the lifestyle people are living. Uh, you gotta also take into account TikTok. These are very TikTok friendly songs, um, and the reels people do on Instagram. You're gonna see a bunch of background uh, music with Drake songs in the background as the audio. Sorry, so. Again, it's, I think it's going to do very well when people outside, it's hot, it's sunny, they have their rosé, they have their Aperol spritz, they have their drinks going, you know, the music's vibing, they were like, wow, yeah. it's going to change their mind, right? Yeah, and then you, Beyonce dropping another dance song, you know how the Beehive is, right? Yeah, and we got to look at the big picture, like the business side of things, right? Yeah. Because now, like... We The problem like us, like in North America, we always look at everything from like an American lens, right? Mm-hmm. But these guys go all over the world. So they see certain things that we don't see. So you could have a movie that's huge in France, huge in Italy, huge mm-hmm. in Europe all together, mm-hmm. right? And now you could put Drake music in there because now he made a song or he made a series of songs that people there can actually identify with now. Yeah. So it's... he. It's global. It's global expansion. That's what these guys are doing. That's what the weekend saw early. Yeah, very early. He saw but he very knew early. that because from traveling around the weekend and being in the party scene, like the weekend's very smart, right? Yeah. And, and of course, he learned from Drake, being growing up through Drake, and then him going off by himself with Cash and XO. He took it 
to a next level. He traveled the world. He toured the world. He partied. He been. A, he he was around different crowds, different people, in rooms that a lot of people aren't in. And he realized that very early. He's like, wait, why am I making this drug music that just focuses on this small niche market when I can make this huge dance music that's for the world that everyone's gonna love? Thank right? you. And and the thing is, he found a way where he could and. Here's why I like how The Weeknd did it. I'm not saying I didn't like how Drake did it, but why mm. I thought Drake, his approach could have been better with this album. Yeah. Because the thing with The Weeknd is he worked with the right producer. So like Max yeah. Martin, mm-hmm. like, you know, he was the guy who crafted pop music in the 90s. Yeah. Like all the pop music that we grew up liking in the 90s, he was the, the brains behind it, right? Yeah. So he worked with a Max Martin. He worked with a Daft Punk yeah. who, who showed him the ropes from a production side of things and helped mm-hmm. him like craft his lyrics and his sound mm-hmm. or his style more to that sound, right? Yeah. So he worked with the right players to be able to get to be able to smoothly do that transition. So you have your Star Boys, your I Feel It Coming. Yeah. You know, like you're rocking. Yeah, and uh, you have secrets. a thousand remix of the, of those exactly. songs, same songs, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then you link up with, you know, Swedish House Mafia, Calvin mm. Harris. Yeah. Like, these are guys who produce those kind that kind of music, right? Yeah. So he worked with the right people. With Drake, from a production standpoint, I would have liked to see him step out his comfort zone outside of black his immediate coffee circle. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of like work with more of people who are in that realm. Yeah. Like. I promise you, if you get Drake to work with a Max Martin, mm-hmm. he can have another 15 years added to his career. No problem. For sure. But a question. Do you think it's easier since Weekend is more of an R&B artist? R&B artists tend to have the ability to jump in that dance realm or house realm more so because they just hop on a hook and stuff like that. Do you think it was easier for Weekend to just make that transition and it's harder for Drake because Drake has so much attention in the hip-hop rap realm that he knew he'll get killed, as he did, trying to transition into this dance realm. That's a good, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, in a way, yes, Drake has it harder. Mm-hmm. But the reason being is because, you know, The weekend did it a little, like, The weekend did it earlier, right? So by 20, okay, so 2011, he blew up. And then he drops his first album, Kissland, in 2013. But even if you listen to Kissland, Kissland right? has those elements as well. Yes. So yeah. he kind of slowly introduced it. But it's just he didn't work with the right people mm-hmm. to take it to that level. Then once Kissland didn't do as well as he anticipated, it's a great tried, album, though. Great album. Yeah, it, a really great album. But it, the mainstream media didn't take to it because they yeah, thought he was yeah. trying to please his core audience while also trying to get into that mainstream sound, right? Mm-hmm. And he thought he could do both, and then he realized, okay, I can't do it on my own. I need mm-hmm. to work. I need to work with people who can actually help me. So he, from that point on, and he'll tell it, he started to listen to his label on what he should do, mm-hmm. and then from there they connected him with Max Martin. And yeah. the rest was history. So he started doing it earlier. The thing with Drake is we got so accustomed to certain sounds and styles. Oh, yeah, because Drake goes and does his, I'm with Little Baby, I'm with Dirk, I'm with Future, I'm with this, that, that. 
and he does his chameleon thing where he's hopping around different artists or different hot rap artists in the game. And then, but he's done that. He's finishing up his contract with Cash Money, and now he's doing more so of things that he wants to do. And he, that's where you see. Over. Yeah, it is over, right? Yeah. So now we see him doing what he wants to do. And, and again, it's his, him as an artist, what he enjoys. Cause I think he enjoys making this music for sure. I yeah, think he enjoys like when he's in the studio working with Magic Jordan, I feel like he signs a person like Magic Jordan and he signed a guy like Plaza, which no one knows about, but I think that failed. That was a failed project, but he enjoys this genre of music and he enjoys making this type of music. He just get the opportunity to because of how deep his hand is within the rap community right yeah and now he's forced to even like have a disclaimer of don't worry scary or scary hours pack dropping soon like he has to mention that knowing that his fan base won't accept him just being this new house artist like he can't make uh honestly never mind and then now make a Dawn FM and make another dance project. Like, I guarantee we don't see another dance project from Drake. You know, that, that is my hot take. I don't think we see another dance project from him. Maybe a song, maybe a feature here and there. Maybe do this um, album. It opens up opportunities for him to work with Max Martins and, and Calvin Harris and different artists, but he will go back into the rap bag. You already see him back with DJ Khaled. I assume maybe DJ Khaled being DJ Khaled, probably going to make a dance track with Drake to have on his album. But again, that's another hot take. But again, I don't see Drake doing another dance project anytime soon. He's going to get back into into that Drake that majority of the North Americans like. You know, it's it's 50-50. I can see where you're coming from and your logic. And I can see where you're like, I can see it because yes, Drake is the kind of person like when he's such a big artist. And I think, you know, on the outside looking in, I think he does kind of have that uh, people pleaser mentality that Mm -hmm. he just wants to see his fans happy. So I think if he sees this reaction, I think it'll bother him enough that he's going to say, okay, you know what? Let me just give the people what they want. But me as someone who is involved in art, like, you know, cause you know, I write. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like as someone who like writes books and even with the podcasting, I consider it an art form too. Yeah. I, I would like to see him, you know, ignore those people and just actually go through this process. The reason being is because, you know, people will eventually adapt and catch up. Like you'll never please people. Right. Yeah. Because so I don't think another... a lot of people were pleased with Starboy. If you if you honestly look back, no people, no people clowned him, and he, yeah. like people were like, "Oh, Starboy, we want the old weekend," but yeah. he never yeah. gave still, them. The... That still happens now, and yeah. he never gave them the old weekend. He just kept evolving his sound, yeah. right? Yeah, it's true. And then, and look at what we got. We got a bunch of great music after, mm-hmm. like even with like you know on Twitter they have that for you thing, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll see like because it's curated for me, I'll see the weekend and Drake trend, whatever. Yeah. So when I see the weekend trend sometimes on there, I'll click it just to see what people are saying. And they'll always say, like, man, you know what? I can't believe I slept on Don FM. This album actually slaps. Like, how did it take me so long to realize? So people just need time to catch up. Of course. 
Yeah. If if Drake, like, I actually want him to explore this genre more, but I want him to do it in a way where he comes into it as a student, as mm-hmm. opposed to like, yo, I'm Drake, I can dominate any lane. Right. Like, if he actually, the same way the weekend did. Like, I talked to like some people, like business partners of his. I know the weekend well, and mm-hmm. then I asked him, like, yo, how does this guy? do it like how does this guy just make great music constantly right and they said one thing about him is that he's open-minded and he listens right so when he was doing the kissland thing he was stuck on his ways but once he saw it didn't go mainstream how he had hoped mm-hmm. he, he started to listen and then he started working with the right people he kept his mind open and it went well for him right so if drake can actually have an open mind and say you know what I want to work with the Max Martins. I want mm-hmm. to real. I want to work with the Calvin Harris's, the Swedish House Mafia's, like the big players in this industry. And I want to learn how mm-hmm. I can get better at making this music. He can add longevity to his career. And, you know, people may not like it today, but eventually they will catch up. Yeah, because it'll be. That's the thing. That music that's made is gonna last forever. And it's gonna be remixed, and it's that little sonic sound is gonna last in your mind forever, right? So. That's why it would definitely be smart for him to do, and it would definitely prog- like prolong his career uh, rather than rapping all these words that like have no meaning per se. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would agree, but we'll see. Again, I, I my take is my take, and I feel like he will go back into that hip hop realm, and I think Kendrick Lamar is. Um, on his heels per se. So he's going to have to take on that challenge. Uh, and he can't do it to dance, but he can do it to dance because if we're just looking at the numbers, he will still sell just as much as Kendrick's return project and his dance products. The numbers weren't too far off. So, but yeah, I, I like, it's about, you know, it's about winning. Sometimes it's not about winning the battle. It's about winning the war. Right. Yeah. So, Drake would have, I think Drake will have more longevity than a Kendrick only because Mm -hmm. of how versatile he is, right? Kendrick, there is no house music option for him. Like he could work with certain artists and go on certain beats and, you know, spit bars. Yeah. He just doesn't have that vocal range that a weekend, um, that a Drake Drake has. has, Yeah. So, and the thing is too with Kendrick's album, people are calling that album mid too. Like Mm -hmm. that album. Yeah, it didn't, for me, it didn't. I haven't went back to it. Of course, there's a one-two tracks, but as a whole, I'm not. I'm not turning. It. But Kendrick albums never really had that effect. Well, damn, did uh, Good Kid, Mad City, of course, but that's a classic. But other than that, like Kendrick albums don't really have that 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 uh that addiction to it, you know, to always yeah. turn it on. All right, but bro, so yeah, but bro, I will say like. You know, um, I will say I think hip hop, like I think hip hop is like dead, and I don't want to sound like Nas because he's been saying that <laughs> since like the early two thousands. But I do think it's at that point, and the reason why I say that is because you know it's the art form is not respected. Like mm-hmm. people like the artist, but the art form itself, it's not yeah. respected. Like yeah. if you can get someone like a bad baby. You know, the Catch Me Outside girl. Like, yeah, if you can yeah. get people like this to just sign them to Atlantic and make them put out yeah, hip-hop albums, yeah. you don't respect the craft anymore. Yeah, like the Freshman freshman XL type artist. Yeah, yeah. like, it, you don't you don't have respect for the craft. So, fact, so the fact that people like her, someone like a, a 
a six nine, and all mm. these people can just come into the genre, gain notoriety. These puppets, yeah. It's like so you 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 basically bastardize the genre, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you don't see this happen in other genres. Like you will never see a bad baby in country music. You'll never see that in a R and B or yeah, like these other genres. Or rock or yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like hip hop, like to me. And the artists that were in it could have draw, drew a line and said, mm-hmm. yo, you know what? This is not hip-hop. But instead, yeah. what do they do? They collaborate with these they people collab, because yeah. they want clout. Yeah. So the whole genre, you know, lost, lost credibility to me. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think it is dying a, a slow but rapid death. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Drake is now starting to see the writing on the wall. And, you know, right. good for him. You know, I, and I actually want to see him explore this genre of music, but we'll see if your prediction is correct, though. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, indeed. But yeah, yeah. honestly, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the perfect note to end on, bro. Always a pleasure having you on, Jordan. Yes, this was a great episode. Uh, yeah. Look forward to hearing this one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like as I'm recording this one, I'm like, man, like I have a good feeling about this one too. So. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Yeah, but Jordan, until next time. Yes. Take care, bro. Take care, brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out all of my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all major retailers. You can also follow me on Instagram at Yusuf underscore A official. Until next time.